Welcome to the podcast of Shalom Live Stories. I'm Rob Caldor and I'm with Deb Meyer, Program Manager at Shalom. Hi Rob. I'm very excited by this special podcast featuring some fantastic storytellers from our sold-out events of 2017. We had two sold-out events with the themes of freedom and new beginnings. With the theme of new beginnings, we hear from acclaimed Australian actress Heather Mitchell, who tells us a deeply personal story connecting both sex and death. So let's have a listen. So I'm 17 years old, living in a small house in a long street, in a predominantly dairy farming town, contemplating my future. Because at precisely 1pm on this particular day, my final HSC exam is over, and my real life will begin. I'm sure some of you here today may be in the same position. Now my brother and sister had already left home, my father was away a lot, and my mother and I were extremely close. We felt we could say anything to each other. My mother had two other sisters, all Jewish, and therefore I am. Now I was standing at the Rotolacta, waiting for the milk. Now, those of you who are not familiar with a Rotolacta, it is a merry-go-round for cows. It is a the 1950s ultimate milking machine. The cows would walk onto a platform, onto this machine, and in one huge revolution, which took an hour, 300 cows would be milked. So I got my milk and I went home. It was about nine o'clock and I was ready to sit down to study before I went into school. And my mother called me from her bedroom and she said, Heather, come in here. And I went in and she said, darling, I really want you to go and study at school. I do not want you to stay home, go. And so I collected my things and I said goodbye and I walked out the door. And just as my hand was on the latch of the gate to leave, my body was filled with this overwhelming feeling of terror. And I knew in that moment that I mustn't leave. And that's when I saw Mark. Now Mark was across the road sitting on a fence smoking where he was every day. I was at school with Mark, he was in the same year as me and I saw him every day but he never saw me. And for some reason this feeling propelled me across the street and I went to Mark and I said to him, they just blurted out, can I please study with you? Well Mark took a long drag on his Marlboro country cigarette. <laughs> He stubbed it out and slipped off the fence, brushed past me and said, sure. <laughs> I think that's what he said. Maybe I hoped it was. And I followed him down the hall in his house into his bedroom and I sat on the edge of the bed clutching my books. And this is when I have to tell you that my mother had a secret. Seven years earlier, when I was 10 years old, I'd come home from school very excited, and I said, Mum, 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 she was lying on the bed. And I said, Mum, they've chosen me for the debating team, and I'm in the government, and I have to argue that ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Help me, what am I gonna say? She paused for a moment, and then she looked up at me, and she said, well, if someone you loved knew that they were dying, would you want them to tell you? And I said, no, no, you wouldn't want to know because it would change your relationship. Maybe you'd, um, you wouldn't be able to argue with them again. You wouldn't be able to say all the things you wanted to say. It, it would change your relationship entirely. And hypothetically, I was arguing the case. And she decided 
in that moment that that was a sign. Because unbeknownst to me, earlier that afternoon, she had been to the doctor and was diagnosed with leukemia and was told she had a few years to live, nothing could be done, and she should go home and enjoy her life. And so this 10-year-old girl standing in front of her was a sign to her that I was saying and giving her permission not to tell me. And so she didn't. For seven years, she kept it a secret, even from her sisters. So I'm on the end of Mark's bed, holding my books. And suddenly, this guy, who's never paid any attention to me, is kissing me. And we're rolling around on the floor, fully clothed. And I had never even kissed a guy before, let alone rolled around on the floor. <laughs> and suddenly, I experienced my first orgasm. And I sat up. And I was facing the window in his bedroom, which looked right across to our house. And I saw my mother on a gurney being wheeled and placed into an ambulance. And I pushed him away and I ran down the hall and out of the house and across the road. And I stood across and above my mother. And she looked up at me and she said, with a look of great disappointment, oh, darling, what are you doing here? They put her in the ambulance and they drove her to the local hospital. And all I could think to do was run. So I ran and I ran and I ran to school and I sat for the exam and I came out of the exam and a teacher of mine was there who'd been given the news that my mother had been transported to Sydney Hospital. So I decided to run again. So I ran and I ran and I got onto a bus which was going to an ice cream factory. Now this was a reward for the students who had finished their exam to go to an ice cream factory. So I arrived at the factory and it is a conveyor belt of plastic containers. And in each of these plastic containers comes this huge mass of white ice cream to fill. And behind the conveyor belt are a series of women, all with plastic caps, plastic aprons, plastic gloves. They don't look up, they just look down doing their job, collecting the mass of white ice cream, scraping it and moving it along, collecting it, scraping it and moving it along, never looking up. And as I file past, the last woman, she looked up at me with a look of disappointment and said to me, looked me straight in the eye and said, oh darling, I'm so sorry. If only it come on Wednesday, it's Neapolitan day. <laughs> but I knew in that moment that my mother had died. Now I don't recall particularly what happened between that moment and the three hours later where I found myself sitting on my mother's sister's bed in Sydney in the city in her spare room, holding a letter that my mother had written. But I opened the letter and in the letter she told me how much she loved me. She told me what a gift I was. She told me that she had fought very hard to stay alive until my finished school. And she thanked me. She thanked me with all her heart for giving her the permission to keep it a secret. But the 10-year-old girl had given her permission to keep this a secret. And I sat on the bed holding the letter and I felt such gratitude. I felt so grateful for my life. I felt so grateful for her life. And I knew it was no coincidence that her life ended on the same day that I felt my life was beginning. And there's only two things that I felt certain about then. 
and I felt certain that there was some that um, I felt certain that between sex and death there is some sort of connection and that in the on the conveyor belt of life there are many many vanilla days but there will always be a Neapolitan. Thank you. So Deb, how do we find out about what's going on at Shalom? Very simply, best to head to the Shalom website, which is www.shalom.edu.au. All our events, our comedy events, our Sydney Writers Festival events, our Linwood Oz events, entrepreneurs, uh, professional women's forums, so many different events that we have running. So that's www.shalom.edu.au.